Today, we're talking about a wonderfully pure of heart romantic novel you will not want to miss. It's written from the perspective of a gifted neurodivergent teen, and I believe it will bless you and your teens with its captivating plot and fascinating heroine. Today's guest, Ginny Coaches, is here to tell us about her new novel, Blink, and we'll miss it. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and I'm talking with Ginny Coaches today about her unique new novel, Blink and We'll Miss It. Ginny Coaches writes books for the unique and unrepeatable for teens and adults who don't quite fit the mold. She tells stories about love, friendship, faith, and family starring differently wired characters. Since 2016, Ginny has supported Christian families raising differently wired children through her online community, not so formulaic. She lives in Northern Virginia with her husband and three children and is happiest on the shores of the Neuse River with a good book in her hand. You can find Ginny at notsoformulaic.com. That's just how it sounds and it's in the show notes and we'll have other recommended resources as well. Ginny, thanks so much for coming back to the show. Always love having you with us. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Um, you know, anytime I get a chance to, this book is like my my baby. You know, I mean, I, I the, my my not so formulaic ministry is very important to me also, but um, this book is like you know 20 years in the making. So um, this is uh, you know anytime I get a chance to talk about it, um, where people you know actively want me to talk about it, <laughs> where I'm not just rambling about oh I did this thing, you know, um, it, it means a lot to me, especially because of you know. It, my own, you know, the, the fact that there are neurodivergent characters in my own family, um, you know, it, a lot of it is um, based on my own family history. So I mean yeah. a lot to me. Yeah, I noticed Thank that you on your website. Me. You've got, so, oh, it's my joy to have you. Um, and I really have enjoyed reading the book too. I read the whole thing. And really, it, it's one of those books you don't want to put down, you regret walking away from, because yeah, it is a captivating you. story. And I love that it's anchored in people that you love, um, that there are people in your own family's history that that come to life in this story, even though it's a fictional setting. Uh, um, but it's based on a real people, real things. And then it takes it to yeah. that other level that makes a truly good story. And, and that's one Thank of the you. things I was saying to you before we hit record was that there are a lot of people out there writing very well-meaning books that just don't have a great story. This is a great story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're, you're so welcome. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. we've talked before about neuro, neuro, what neurodivergent is, but just for the sake of this listening audience, would you mind just defining the term for us? Yeah, it's it's anyone whose brain is wired differently from you know the, the typical norm. So this would include um, individuals who are gifted, individuals who are gifted and learning disabled, um, you know, individuals who have learning or developmental delays. Um, so kids who are twice exceptional, which would be like the gifted and and uh, developmental or learning delayed, or also kids with ADHD. Um, or even adults with ADHD, me, um, you know, <laughs> anxiety, depression, um, you know, all of those things that um, cause, you know, little quirks in behaviors or um, difficulties in in coping with um, 
the, a very neurotypical world. Um, so, so that's what that means. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to think about it too. You talk about being neurotypical in a typical world. Um, that just that right out of the gate, it's like being almost, I want to think of it as being a migrant in a sense to the way yeah. other people think and behave. Like you have yeah. to keep acclimating and mm -hmm. and like the rest of the world is probably not going to acclimate that much to you. So, yeah. No, That's I mean, it's, it's getting better. I think there's a lot more awareness of um, neurodivergence and, you know, mental health issues, um, but it's still really hard, uh, you know, because you when the real world is overwhelming you know like when you have sensory concerns or issues and you're in a place that is um you know panic inducing you know and people want to know why you're in such a state like it, it's hard to express that um so yeah no i i yeah absolutely it feels that way sometimes like you're a stranger in a strange land <laughs> so mm. yeah so you've referred to yourself as being neurodivergent having adhd would you just mm -hmm. say a little bit more about why you care so much about neurodivergent kids? Um, well, you know, it's funny. Um, I, I used to teach high school um, and I taught three separate levels of high school. I taught um, the, the honors kids. I taught the, the standard, you know, regular curriculum. And then I taught the kids who were, um, had, you know, documented learning disabilities that impacted their ability to succeed in the classroom. Um, and what I found, um, even just as a teacher, is that, you know, the kids who were, um, who did really well in school weren't necessarily like the the smartest or the brightest, you know, they were the hard workers. And then the smartest ones actually really struggled, you know, to turn in their assignments, to do, you know, to sit still. And I was like, what is this? This is really strange and interesting to me. Um, so then fast forward um, a couple of years, I had my first child um, and she eventually was diagnosed as high functioning autistic or, or well, originally it was Asperger's, but they don't use that designation anymore. So now it's level one autism or, you know, high functioning autistic. Um, and then I had her siblings um, and my, my daughter, my 12 year old daughter has um, obsessive compulsive disorder, ADHD and anxiety. And her brother, my eight year old also has um, obsessive, obsessive compulsive disorder, um, ADHD and anxiety. And all three of them are intellectually gifted. Um, so it's been, mm -hmm. it's, it's a busy house. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Um, my husband and I are both also, you know, like what I like to refer to as neurospicy, um, <laughs> you know, intelligent, creative people who, you know, sometimes can't remember to brush their teeth or, you know, lose everything. Or, um, you know, when I was younger, I drove my mother crazy because I couldn't stand wearing my uniform socks. I was late to school every day because I didn't like the way they felt, um, you know, or even just, you know, always feeling like we're not, we don't fit in, um, you know, feeling a little left of center, you know, everybody else seems to know what's going on. And here we are over here, just kind of lost. Um, so I think that's why I have um, such a heart for it. And also, you know, as I, I was, when I was younger, I was really into my, my mother's family history. Um, and I, the more I dug into it, the more I learned that actually, um, on my mother's side, all of the women were very similar to me, creative, um, smart, but also had major struggles with depression, major struggles with anxiety. Um, one of my great aunts was a paranoid schizophrenic um, and was institutionalized. Um, you know, but they they were amazing women um, who you know did amazing things. So, um, I, I think that's also another aspect of where that came from um, is just knowing that 
you know, the women in my past um, also kind of had to manage the same sort of things. So. Yeah, I, I know this may seem out of left field, but I'm just getting such an image of the best of the classic fairy tales, where the heroine <laughs> is exceptional in some way, whether it's virtue or some other gift, sure. but she's locked in a tower or she's restrained because of some, you know, spell or whatever it is that has to be broken. I'm thinking of your family history, which is so moving, of these really gifted women that also carried great pain, that, that, that carried deep struggles within them, that it wasn't just, hey, you're gifted, just go out and claim your place in the world. It also made me think of the, this may be a generational thing, I'm in my 60s, but the stereotype of the absent-minded professor, like that yes. really intellectually <laughs> gifted person who can't but you know, yeah. can't find anything on his messy desk kind of a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, but, but I think, you know, it was, it's, it's funny when it comes to men, somehow that was more acceptable. I think, you know, at the time. They the had wives that to could, find everything for them. Right. But then, you know, when you had the, the crazy, you know, the crazy lady ancestor that you kept up in the attic, like, you know, I think about, um, you know, William Faulkner and all of his novels, you know, or even Flannery O'Connor, like the women, you know, were kind of relegated to these like spaces, you know, if they weren't exactly what society thought they would be, you know, they were kind of pushed aside and hid away. And that's what happened to my great aunt. Um, you know, she was and and it's funny, because even now, like, there's a hesitance to talk about her, um, which mm. I think is ultimately why I wrote the novel is because I was like, I wanted to tell her story. I wanted it to get out there um, for her. So, yeah, no, I love that. Um, and I think there's a big generational thing there because we have an elderly person living in our home and it's embarrassing to her really that I've had trauma therapy and things like that. Like yeah. she's okay with it now, but when we first talked about it, she was very put off. There was a real no, stigma. With, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's the exact word that you know, there was a stigma a huge one um that that i think damaged a lot of families and relationships um so i'm glad that you know things are not that way anymore necessarily um yeah so yeah yeah generationally we you know, there's always there are always things about each generation i think that are truly remarkable even though every generation has all its troubles like i feel like young people yeah. now are being brought up to be really compassionate and and you know and some of that yeah. is is misguided but like there's a lot of right. compassion in the world right now so people who are a little different i think are more likely even though it's painful it's a painful road and yeah. finding one's way as a young person is painful to begin with so yeah, yeah no, there's just so much going on in the brain and in, in a neurotypical brain never mind in a mm -hmm you know, a brain that's, that is neurodivergent. Yeah. So yeah, I, I want to get into the story because I know everyone's on the edge <laughs> of their seats. This is a, it's, it is a beautiful story. And we, of course, we don't want to hand out spoilers and I know you've thought that right. through, but what are your favorite parts of the story, the characters, the writing process? Step us into your world of this story and what's precious to you. Okay. Well, I, I mean, maybe I should give you just a little short synopsis just so people kind of know sure. um, what it's about, Great. I think. Um, so the main character, her name is Lila Mae Griffin, um, and she goes by May. She's 17, um, and she has lived um, most of her life with her mother, who is a, a talented artist, who her name is DeWitt Griffin. They're Southern, um, originally from the coast of North Carolina. 
but they, um, DeWitt has, she is bipolar. Um, and for most of her adult life, it has not been managed. So that means that May, um, who, you know, is the daughter of this single mother, um, has really been kind of parenting her own mother most of her life. Um, so she has resisted, you know, forming friendships, um, when they, when they originally lived in North Carolina with her grandparents for a while, she had some really solid friendships, um, but ended up sort of breaking ties with them um, because of her mother's illness um, and some other things that, you know, were going on with her, um, which I'll, I won't specify. <laughs> yeah, there's a there are very um, cool aspects ha- to that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> um, so the, the novel opens with a really tragic um, moment. Um, her mother uh, has overdosed um on a medication and so um she's gonna DeWitt's gonna be in the hospital for a while may ends up having to go back to her grandparents and she has to face you know the friends that she cut off and left behind um and also these um things that she refers to as blinks which are essentially um you know she's not really sure what they are they're moments where she ends up witnessing things that have happened in the past um, and she, you know, she knows because she knows a lot about bipolar disorder. On the one hand, she knows that hallucinations are common. Um, on the other hand, you know, she's terrified of becoming um, like her mother. Um, and so while throughout the summer that she spends with her grandparents, um, she uncovers some, you know, long held generational family secrets. She works her way through um, the grief and the the anger of, you know, the friends she left behind. Um, and it's really, it's a story of um, the real meaning of, of love, the real meaning of friendship, the real meaning of forgiveness, um, and, and the redemptive value, I think, of suffering also. Um, but, it, and it's it's definitely a Catholic novel, but there's no, it's secular. I mean, I, I wanted to put something out there that could be picked up and read by any teen, you know, regardless of what their faith background was, and be able to find some redeeming um, themes and ideas within it. So. Um, yeah, that's that's the the synopsis basically. Um, you know, I can I can keep going if you like. <laughs> Do you yeah, no, just keep telling you about it? Yeah, well, yeah. I'll just say that um, the sense of seasons of this young girl's life are so much mm-hmm. a part of the fabric of the story. And then as she goes <laughs> into the the blinks, that place where she begins to see so vividly things from the past that explain things or that start to open up mysteries that have been under the surface, that that there's this tie to the place. And so for me, there were themes of home, themes of, Mm -hmm. yeah, like discovery of self, like, and and, Mm -hmm. and the search for the truth. And, And there are these people in her life that love her unconditionally it's really quite beautiful even though she's struggling to receive love which we all do at some point in our lives right she's struggling to receive it and so there's just there is a spiritual sense even Mm -hmm. um can i say something about the image at the end that i mentioned to you uh, earlier oh, sure. that yeah. it even culminates yeah. with a wedding feast. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, it's, there, there are symbols there that Catholics will pick up on and, it, and yeah. the redemption of all sorts of things. But it, there's one major character also who has a very clear redemptive arc, um, in terms of, yeah. you know, sort of seeking to, you know, redeem his own mistakes sure. from the past. But, um, it's a, yeah. just so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I may is really prickly. Um, you know, my, my main character, I think she, um, she comes across 
at first is, is not very likable. Um, but I think that's a manner of self-preservation, you know, of wanting to um, just survive um, and, and be there for her mother who she loves fiercely, but also gets exasperated with, you know, <laughs> just to the ends of the earth, you know? Um, and I think I, it was interesting that you said the idea of home. Um, it's where it's set, Minnesota Beach, that's actually a real place. Um, and my, my grandmother was born in that town. Um, and, and her she and her sisters all grew up there. My mother has a house there now. Um, and so I, it's kind of like a love letter to this area that I consider my second home. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's super tiny. It's on this, on the river, um, called the noose, which actually most of the time she thinks she's the ocean because she's very close to the Pamlico sound. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And so we get a dolphin, we get lots of waves, um, you know, and, and I tried to like transmit that sort of like this, yeah, it's a river, but it's, it's, you know, it's like the ocean. And I wanted to transmit that, but also use that as like an element to sort of mirror DeWitt and her moods, you know, her swings with her bipolar. Um, so I tried really hard to tie all that in. Um, so I, I'm, I'm glad that you picked up on the on the aspect of home yeah it's so. very effective and uh we're going to come right back with jenny coaches talking about her new novel blink and we'll miss it we're just going to hear from our wonderful sponsors at homeschool connections we will be right back hi i'm walter crawford and i'm maureen whitman we are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the homeschooling saints podcast which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right, we're back. We are talking with Jenny Coaches about her new novel, Blink, and we'll miss it. And what a fascinating story and a fascinating place. What's your hope for readers that they experience that they walk away with? Gosh, um, I think mostly for, you know, the teens who read it, um, I really want them to come away seeing that <sighs> there is no such thing as normal. Like there's no, there, there's only, you know, it, one of the, one of the characters, um, she's kind of, her name is Lil, um, or Lillian Rooney. And she's sort of this cross between like, you know, I don't know how to explain her. She's, sometimes you wonder if she's like, really completely human? Like, does she have some magical elements to her? Like, what is her deal? Um, because there are magical elements in the book. Um, but, you know, she, um, you know, one of the things she tells May at, you know, at one of May's low points is that, you know, there's no such thing as normal, only the wonder that you're meant to become. And I think that is really, really um, a message that I want my readers to come away with, you know, because they are unique and unrepeatable and um, they're supposed to be unique and unrepeatable. Um, so, you know, seeing themselves as worthy of, of love and, and as valuable, I think that's so important. Um, and I, and ultimately I think, you know, all of the teen characters, there's four teen characters in the novel. And I think ultimately they all come to that realization, you know, because each one of them has, you know, his or her own thing that he's dealing with. Um, you know, May has her anxiety and a little touch of OCD, I think, brought about by the trauma of, you know, growing up with her mother. And um, Mason is is ADHD as they come, you know, brilliant, really smart guy, but all over the place all the time. Um, you know, I think Van, uh, her best friend, it's short for Evangeline, um, you know, she 
um, she has some anxiety um, that she kind of like focuses into being really bossy. Um, and then, you know, Ezra, she's a great um, character. I love her. Yes. I love her. She's actually, she's actually based (laughs) off of a good friend of mine who lives down there. Um, and so, yeah, no, she's very near and dear to my heart. Um, and then Ezra, the love interest, um, you know, I think he's got some depression, you know, and he's, he's got some family issues. Um, you know, he and Van are sisters, they're, they're twins. Um, so there's some things that they, you know, deal with, um, on their own, but yeah, I, I think I want, I want these characters to walk away knowing, or I want these characters, I want my readers to walk away knowing that they're loved um, and that they, you know, they don't have to pursue whatever this, you know, normal average thing is. They just need to be themselves. Um, Mm. Yeah. 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 There is definitely that sense of settling into who we are. And then if we can accept it and if we can receive love, then what changes, what becomes better? It asks a big question that takes courage. To be willing to step forward and just ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think that comes through a lot with her relationship with her grandfather, um, you know, who is, I think, deep down a good man, um, but has been through a lot. Um, and, you know, the the blinks and all the things that she witnesses that sort of like begins to tease the story out there, of, you know, what exactly he's been through um, and why he is the way he is and, you know, why he treats um, DeWitt the way he does and, um, you know, just, just the sort of man he is. Because I think you know, above all, he's a man of, you know, great honor and great character. It's just, it's really misguided <laughs> the way mm-hmm. he you know, goes about things. Um, so, you know, his ability to, to take that love and to just sort of let go of all of the hurt, um, you know, the magnificent change that that brings about in his whole family, um, I think is really, um, really huge. Yeah. Um, really important. So. Yeah, I love the way the story takes us through the kind of uh, the very powerful, but at times excruciating, slow turn that May is going through. Like she doesn't even know sometimes that the people who love her are kind of nudging. I almost think of like a barge in a river that has all that momentum, right? right? It's not moving very fast, but it would be tough to stop it because there's a lot of weight to it. There's a lot of momentum. Yeah. And so there's a lot of momentum in May. And yet there are people (laughs) just kind of gently like bumping her course here and there by just continuing to show up and make demands and, you know, and sometimes to cause her to reflect. But it's just, I love that about it. That And when you said that Evangeline was based, Van was based on a dear friend, I I just, my heart just echoed, oh yeah, I just really resonated with that because there is love, there's love for the characters. Some people write characters (laughs) as ideas. These are written like flesh and blood human beings. And I love that about them. And they're funny. You know, like it's an entertaining book. Don't think this is all like, oh, it's so deep. You'll you'll need a nap after you read it just to recover. It's not like that. It's a fun story, too. (laughs) It's dealing with some heavy stuff, but it deals with it artfully. And it's quite entertaining, which is why I, you know, was regretful when I had to put it down and stop reading and to go go do adult things (laughs) besides curling up with a great summer novel. Actually, you could read it any time of year. It just kind of takes you to that summer place. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think I wanted it to be, you know, I always think of that with Shakespeare, you know, he would always, um, you know, even in his, in his tragedies, there were moments of levity, you know, because he knew that the human spirit can only take so much, you know? Um, and, and while I'm, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that I'm on par with the bard at all, <laughs> you know, I think, it's, 
I think it's important to give, you know, and especially these are teenagers, you know, they're teenagers are, are goofy, but they're awesome. You know, they're, they're these like adult children kind of, especially upper teens, which these guys are, and they're still figuring the world out, but they're, you know, they've got their own personalities and their own ideas and they're, um, you know, I, I love writing young adult fiction um, because I, I love teens. You know, I, I love th- that population. Um, yeah. So, um, mm. you know, that, that was a lot of fun for me. I think of it, trying to inject the humor um, and then remembering, I mean, because the the character that, that Van is, um, is based on, <laughs> I love her dearly, but she's, she's a mess. I mean, in a good way, you know, she's funny. Um, she's larger than life. You know, she is, she is banned. Exactly. Um, so, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That re- it really, really comes through. So, so yeah. tell us where we can get your book. Oh yeah. You can get it anywhere. Um, it's available on Amazon. It's available Barnes and Noble. Um, it's available. Some libraries might have it because it's in, um, Bibliobub, which is a, a library wholesaler. Um, you can find it on my website if you want to get um, a sample of the first five chapters, which is you know um, www.jennycoaches.com. Um, and that also has links. Um, and then I'm I'm currently working on a prequel for uh, Nathan and DeWitt, um, you know, Ooh. telling their story. Yeah. So um, and that's, you know, taking me back to the whole writing process all over again, which is, you know, Flannery O'Connor once said that, you know, writing a novel is a terrible process in which your hair fall out, your hair falls out and your teeth rot, you know, and <laughs> like, like it's very much like that. It is, you know, just the simple act of like sitting down and just thinking to myself, this is terrible. These words need to come out on the page, but they're awful. No, but it's okay. It just needs to come out, but it's so bad, but it's okay. You know, like, because it's the revision that, that really refines it, um, mm-hmm. you know, so anyway. Yeah, facing the blank. No, no, not at all. Because I think it's important to know how much kind of blood, sweat and tears goes into facing the blank page and and beginning to to just bring it all forward. That creative process of letting yourself be a mess and get the thoughts out there. And even that I think would be a great lesson for kids that you start with the messy and the not fully formed and then you come Mm -hmm. back. You take a break, you walk yeah. around, you take, you know, you pray, you come back again and you start to refine once you have it all out. I think that's a great gift for a writer to be able to do. And um, and if a person does struggle with perfectionism, you might be editing as you go and you might never finish it, right? So it's like this Herculean yes. effort, right? To just yes. face it down and just write something today. Right. Yes. yes. That's why it took me 20 years to write the book because I, you know, I, I had the idea initially and then I you know, I wrote some of it and decided it wasn't good enough. I put it away forever. And then about three or four years ago, a, a writer, actually my oldest daughter's best friend's dad, um, he ended up writing a series of four young adult novels. And he kept pushing me. He was like, you know, you write so well. You know, everything that you put out there is so good. You could write a novel. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't. He's like, yes, you can. And, and so he kind of <laughs> dared me to do it. Um, and, and I... You know, it took me three years and it took me lots of text messages back and forth with him saying, I can't do this. And he would say, yes, you can. You just got to keep going. Um, he was great. And, you know, this next one is coming so much more easily now that I've had the experience. So, yeah, yeah it kind of builds your confidence up that you do get somewhere, that it is a process and not, yes. you know, this is just all I've got. It, it is. It's sure. a refining process. I also want to just mention that it has a really intriguing and beautiful cover. Would you tell us a little bit about oh. that? Yeah, my actually, I asked my daughter to do it. Um, 
you know, she's an artist. So yeah. this is actually, I have up on my website, you can see the actual picture that this sort of image was taken from. Um, this is this is the shore of the river. This is the river right here. Um, the pier that I talk about in the in the novel, it actually really exists. Um, and then, you know, this is May. Um, and then the the Jeep that figures pretty prominently and then the other three characters out there. Um, mm. So, you know, I, my daughter did it and I'm really proud of it. You know, and a lot of people were like, no, no, you don't want to know. You don't, this doesn't look like anything that's out there right now. You don't want anything like this. And I was like, you know what? I do. I do. I want this. I, I want oh, my I daughter's artwork on my cover. <laughs> yeah. And it's not so, just that it's your daughter's artwork. Honestly, I love it. I think it's a captivating oh, image. I was thrilled to find out your own daughter did that image because yeah. she's obviously very talented because just intuitively there's that sense of the kind of magical element like we find in the chronicles of narnia and tolkien and all and all the greats that we all admire right there's always this element of something more and so the artwork evokes that and uh, and also because we're seeing her from the rear we get to step in and be may we can Kind of walk with her and identify with her too, which is kind of a beautiful metaphor, I thought. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah good. Kudos to your daughter. Um, any other resources yeah. you'd like to share? <laughs> I know there's other stuff on, on your website about the book yeah. too. Anything else you want to let people know about? Um, sure. Yeah, I have a I have a workbook for young writers, um, for, for teens actually called Supercharge Your Story. So um, essentially, it's, you know, a, a young, author, young author's guide to writing true, good and beautiful fiction their readers can't put down. Um, and so it focuses, my stories are really character driven. Um, because I think, you know, that's where, you know, we humans love story. I mean, even Jesus, Jesus taught in parables, he taught in stories, you know, it's, I think it's ingrained in who we are. Um, and so I really believe that in order to write a strong story, it starts with the people and the characters in the story. Um, so it's a it's a it's a hands on workbook that like leads kids through the different processes of fleshing out your characters and learning who your characters are. And then from that, you know, growing your plot and then revising. And um, so, yeah, so that's available. Um, oh, and then fun. I, yeah, yeah. And then I have my book. And then, um, you know, if you want to get the first five chapters as a sample um that's available i've got some bonus scenes on there too if you've finished reading and want to learn more about the characters um and then i'm working on the, the next novel or the prequel i guess um the story of you know dewitt's kind of youth and childhood and how she ended up where she is at the start of blink so yeah, yeah. fantastic i love a good series so glad to be kind yeah. of with you at the beginnings of this beautiful series Thank um, you. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, just the, the reminder that, you know, there's no such thing as normal. It's just the wonder that you're meant to become, you know, and, and God, you know, knew that from the beginning when he formed you. Um, and, you know, that's that's the thing to cling to um, is, you know, not what society says you should be or, you know, what um, what the trends are or even the current cultural, you know, mores or whatever they are. You know, that's not that's not you, you know, you are the person um, that you were made to be unique and unrepeatable. So I think that's yeah. it. Praise the Lord. What a beautiful message to end on. Everybody, thank, thank you. you for being with us. We're with Ginny Coaches today, and we're talking about her novel Blink and We'll Miss It. And I've got wonderful links in the show notes for you, uh, including the workbook she was just talking about, linked to GinnyCoaches.com and NotSoFormulaic.com. We have many other episodes with Ginny that you can also take a look for and enjoy. I'll put a couple of links in the show notes. Uh, 
And uh, Jenny, thanks again for being with us today. Yeah, it was a joy as always. Thank you. Yeah, amen to that. All right, everybody, thank you so much again for being with us. Please pray for us. We're praying for you too. Have a beautiful day in the Lord. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.